Well, good morning. Uh, we decided uh, to do something a little bit different uh, for this sermon series, a little change it up a little bit. And what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be discussing, uh, the sermon series is called Heart for the Church. And what we're going to be talking about is, is how we as pastors, what is our heart for the church? Um, what do we pray about consistently? What are the things that we wish and hope for, aspirations uh, for our church? And so we just want to talk about what our heart for the church is. And so I want to be interviewing today uh, Pastor Chase Seltzer. Um, pastor Chase is our discipleship pastor. He's been on staff now for almost three years. Um, that's gone by like crazy quick. And, uh, and so just thank you so much uh, for being here. It's, it's great to serve alongside you. Uh, Chase has this tremendous heart uh, and uh, shepherding, but he's also just a really, really sharp intellect. And uh, the way that you can uh, talk through scriptures and, and figure these things out, it's just uh, really remarkable. And, and what some of you guys don't know is that um, the, the preaching series, uh, that these are the things that Chase and I work on together, um, that they're collaborative efforts about uh, bringing forth biblical truth on, on Sunday mornings. And, so, and then through the week, uh, that's what you're really uh, working on as well through our life groups and foundation classes. And so I just want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to hang out with me this morning. Um, so Chase, let's, let's just kind of jump right in, if that's okay with you. Um, what, what is your heart for the church? Yeah, I'd say in this season, my, my heart for the church is that we'd be a people who welcome the trial. Hmm. Um, it's, it's in seasons of trial and seasons of, of suffering, even persecution, um, where, where God's word naturally becomes richer to us. Uh, prayer becomes a necessity for us in those seasons. And Christ becomes magnified in us. Right? That's the promise mm. of Scripture. Mm. Um, here's another thing I've seen. As I've walked with people through suffering, um, as my family, my wife and I have walked through suffering ourselves, um, we, we've, we've seen that faith is often fragile until it's tested, whether mm. intellectually or experientially. And let me, let me explain what I mean. So a couple examples. Um, intellectual testing of your faith. Um, this happens to almost every college student that steps onto campus freshman year and they enroll in Philosophy 101, mm. right? And for yeah. many Christians, many students, the first, for the first time in, in college, their faith is tested intellectually. They're exposed to other worldviews. They're exposed to people that are skeptics and who, who scrutinize their faith. And, and in that moment, um, man, that faith is either going to crumble or that faith is going to be what? It's going to be strengthened. Mm. But it's tested intellectually. Or experientially, I think about uh, the big book of Job, right? The book on suffering in, in, in Christian literature. Um, I remember the first two chapters, right? Job loses pretty much everything but his life. And what does his wife say? His wife says to him, Job, curse God and die. Now, I, I think those are the words of a person whose faith maybe hasn't been tested experientially. And now for the first time, uh, Job's wife, is her faith is being tested experientially. Hmm. And, and her immediate response is, curse God and die. Um, her faith might have been rooted in the blessings they had. Faith might have been rooted in uh, the, the good life that, that they had, but mm -hmm. the faith was tested. And, and for her, well, uh, it crumbled, hmm. right? Faith, faith is fragile until it's tested experientially or intellectually. That's a bold statement. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, but I think there's a lot of, you know, there's just, it's, it's one of those things that, that kind of almost shocks you when, yeah. when you talk about, like, you know, faith is, is fragile. 
um, that our faith can be fragile until it's tested. Um, and and uh, yeah, that that's that is profound and and bold mm-hmm. in a lot of that that uh, the way that you've said that. And, and and so obviously, you know, we have Job, which you know we see about the suffering and those kinds of things. But but is that is is suffering you know one of those things that is it is it isolated to Job? Is it mm-hmm. is it is it isolated to the Old Testament? Because now when in the New Testament Jesus comes right and and he he. He dies for us. He raises from the dead. So he's victorious. And so shouldn't we be, you know, does the Bible talk about suffering throughout, even in the New Testament, like trials, tribulations, suffering, those kinds of things? Um, or is it just really the good life uh, moving forward? So, Yeah, that's right, right? Jesus came, lived a sinless life, but he suffered, right? And he rose victoriously. So the question is, is, is there still suffering because of our, our Messiah suffered, our Savior suffered? Is there still suffering left? And and of course, experientially, we know they're still suffering, but here, here's, here's where I'm encouraged. The New Testament is nowhere near silent on the issue of suffering. Hmm. In fact, it's a major theme throughout the early church, throughout the New Testament. Um, you look at Jesus. Uh, Jesus himself said, suffering's essential for discipleship, right? He says in Matthew chapter 10, if anyone should follow me, um, he, he must take up his cross. Hmm. He must take up yeah. his torture device and follow me. Right, suffering is essential to discipleship, according to Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Paul right, wrote um, most of the books of the New Testament. Uh, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the uh, Corinthians, second letter of Corinthians, he, he spoke of suffering in a boasting way. He boasted about his suffering. He boasted about his trial. Second Corinthians uh, 11 and 12, um, he's saying, look, you should trust me as an apostle, um, because I am suffering for the sake of Christ. I have a reason to boast because I'm suffering for the sake of Christ. Here's what he says in, in 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, verses uh, 9 and 10. Uh, God said to him as he's suffering, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Right? Paul's writing to a church that's actually doubting his apostleship. Yeah. They're questioning his apostleship. And what's his basis? His basis is, I am suffering for the sake of Christ, and, and I'm boasting in that. For when I suffer, I am like Christ. Hmm. Um, so that's Paul. Yeah. Uh, you look at James, James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because the testing of your faith uh, produces steadfastness. Uh, and then Peter. I've been loving 1 Peter lately, book of 1 Peter. Peter says in uh, 1 Peter 4, um, don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you. Uh, as if something strange were happening to you. Why? Well, he goes on to say, look, consider the example of Christ who suffered for us. Um, the New Testament's uh, rich with this doctrine of, of suffering. And, and let me say one more thing. Here's what I've s- seen as I study the theme of suffering and persecution and trial throughout the New Testament. Um, I have yet to find a verse in the New Testament that mentions suffering, trial, or persecution where there is not directly attached to it a promise of blessing, a promise of perseverance, or even a promise of Christ-likeness, right? There's always a blessing attached to yeah. suffering, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Jesus says in, 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 in Matthew 5, uh, blessed 
are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. Yeah, and I, wow, I think that's, I mean, that's just, you start looking at it, you start looking at, like, not only, like, Jesus, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the, the author and perfecter of our faith, right, you know, and so if we're going to be like Jesus, uh, part of it is the cross, right, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that he talks about, but also, too, you see that in Paul, you see that in James, you see that in Peter, and, and I, I love what you said in, in Peter about how, like, don't think that trial and tribulation is anything unusual. Right. Like, this is something that we are to experience. This is, this is normal. Mm. Um, and I think so often when we, when we think about trial and, and tribulation, like, um, you know, like, that it's abnormal some, for some reason. And, and to, to really be able to rest in that, like, okay, this is normal. This is normal. This is right. normal. Right. Um, and, uh, man, that's, that's, that's incredible. So, so you see... You see all the different things about, so you see, obviously, there's a huge case for that, that suffering is just part of our, our life here on earth, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's everywhere. And we also have this, um, you know, the, the blessing that comes along with it, right? So we'll be more like Christ. We'll have this. We'll have that. But I, I imagine that, you know, obviously, that there's, there's a way to suffer well, and there's a way to suffer poorly um, in this. And so... Um, Let's just talk a little bit about, like you say, like suffering well, right? You know, so we want to we want to suffer well. We want to endure during this. It, you talk about, you know, uh, in James about you know the perseverance that happens, but but if you know, but we got to do this well. So what what do you see in the scriptures for you? Like as you look at this, like wh- what's the what's the key? What's the wh- what is something helpful um, to as we think about suffering in the middle of all of this? Um, how how do we process it? They use the word, the key to suffering well. Um, that's a big task, but he, here's a word that I've found helpful. Yeah. Um, throughout the Old and New Testament alike, um, a word that is used in association with suffering a lot is the activity of walking. Okay. Walk. Okay. Walk. Uh, Isaiah 43, 2. Um, many of you might be familiar with this passage. Isaiah 43, 2. Um, here's what God says to his people. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. When you walk through fire, when you walk through testing, trial, persecution, suffering, um, God will be with you. So it's this word walk. Uh, Throughout the Bible, God does not call his suffering people to run through suffering at an unsustainable pace. Nor does the Bible speak of suffering as something believers are just to lay down and take. Hmm. The Bible uses the terminology of walking. Uh, When God's people, for example, were leaving Egypt, um, they didn't sprint out of Egypt. (laughs) They followed, they they walked with God out of Egypt, out of their suffering, through their suffering. that, that's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to me that God doesn't uh, demand something from us that he didn't put in us. He just said, look, walk with me in discipleship. Hmm. Walk with my son Jesus who suffered for you, who suffered with you. Uh, walk with him. And, and, and here's the key. When we walk with God, we're walking with a God who's acquainted with our suffering. Yeah. We're walking with a God who, who's sovereign over our suffering, but who's acquainted with our suffering in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when we're walking with God, um, we're in relationship with him, like a friend walking with a friend, or uh, my wife and I love going on walks together. Uh, 
we're walking in relationship together. And so even if the Bible doesn't give a specific explanation for every trial or amount of suffering that comes on a believer in specific situations, um, the Bible does give a final answer. The, the Bible does give a final solution. Um, and that is we can walk with a great and good God through our suffering. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I love that because I think so often when we, when we go to um, the idea of, of of suffering, right? We want it to get done quickly, mm. right? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't ever love just sitting in our suffering. We don't, we don't like. It's not an enjoyable experience, and so so often we want to run to just get it done with, right? We want to just. When is this going to be over? Can we get there faster? Um, and uh, and I love how you, yeah, just talking about walking. I think about Psalm twenty three, as well, where it says, "I walk through the valley of the shadow of death." Um, but I, I don't fear because you are with me. Yeah. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, we just, we, we, we get to see all these things kind of uh, play themselves out in, in a way that we learn when we walk that's right. with Jesus. Yeah, um, I think that's when we obtain, you know, James 1, the, the steadfastness that mm, comes yeah. with suffering, yeah. right? That sanctification, that being made like Christ. Not when we try and run out of the suffering as fast as possible, but when we walk and trust, we learn those important lessons yeah. uh, of faith. Yeah. yeah, it does shape us, doesn't it? Shapes it, us. it? Yeah, suffering does make us more like Jesus, but stronger yes. and, and is also more humble, mm. more patient with others. Mm. I just think of all the, all the different things. Uh, and, and so obviously, you know, like I think about suffering in my own life and trials and whatnot. I, like I want to ask you about th those kind of things about like how have, how have these scriptures like really... Um, come to life for you, like, like in your own walk with Jesus, uh, your walk uh, yeah, with Jesus. Um, um, how how have you um, experientially, you know, had this happen to you, mm. um, and and uh, those kind of things? So, yeah, totally. Um, when suffering comes on someone, it's usually sudden, right? Mm. Usually, it's sudden, um, and and it affects the mind and the heart almost immediately. It, suffering impacts your mind in that you start to immediately question what you once thought to be true. Yeah. Is God really there? Like you, maybe you, could, you start to doubt in the darkness what God told you in the light, if, if you want to use that metaphor. Um, it affects the mind, but it also affects the heart. I mean, if you've been through heart-wrenching suffering, I, I know you have. Um, many of you have. Uh, you know that sometimes you can't even think straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're just in pain. You don't want anyone to talk to you. You're not even interested in opening the Bible. Like, you can barely get yourself out of bed when you're really suffering. It affects the heart. Right, the question when it affects the heart isn't so much mentally, um, uh, why does God let, you know, bad things happen to good people? That's an intellectual question, but the heart question is, will I ever get through this? yeah. And so with that being said, there's a big gap when suffering happens between our mind and our heart, what we thought to be true, what we know to be true even, and what we're actually experiencing and feeling in suffering. And so with all that being said, um, man, when I walk through suffering, um, I really have to trust that God, through his Holy Spirit dwelling in me, that he will assure me of the promise, man, that he will walk with me, that he will assure me of, of the the days and weeks and months leading up to that suffering, that, that he'll uh, make sure the promises that I've been meditating on ring true to me in the darkness. 
Mm. You, you know, I, yeah. I'm trusting that what he put in me is going to be sufficient for me, even yeah. when I don't understand it or can't see it. Um, it's really hard to learn theological and biblical truth about God on the job or in the midst of suffering. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's so vital. I know for me, walking through suffering is I don't neglect daily time in the Word. I don't neglect daily time in prayer. I'm kind of building up my foundation, right? I'm building up my toolkit. Not for if suffering comes, but when suffering comes. Mm, yeah. And then I just have to trust that the Lord will, uh, through his Holy Spirit, um, remind me of that truth um, and, and keep me in his strength uh, as I'm suffering. Yeah. There's not much else you can do. Right, yeah. Yeah, and that's the, I mean, that's the, the anchor in the storm, mm. right? You know, and, and uh, um, so if, if someone is, is kind of going through this right now, Mm-hmm. Not kind of. If someone is going through this, yep. for those of you who are going through this right now, um, whenever you watch this, um, what what's like a piece of advice? Yeah. Like walking with the Lord. Yep. Okay. Is, is there is there any other like? Is there anything that you found to be helpful to uh, to that walk in the middle of it? Yeah, man. If you're if you're walking through suffering today, um, a lot of what I said might not even be helpful because you're. <laughs> You're in suffering today. Like you, you're at the place where you just need a word from God. You, you need something to comfort you. Um, you hear my words. You, know, you, you hear us talking about how it's hard to learn truths about God on the job when you're suffering. But let me say this. Not all hope is lost because God is still speaking. Uh, God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. He has not forsaken you in this moment. And so really practically... One thing I found that's super helpful is, man, just mustering up what little strength you might have and, and finding one verse in one psalm. Hmm. And if you can, uh, the psalmist in Psalm 55 says, Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan, and God hears my voice. Morning, at noon, in the evening, take, take one verse in Scripture, if you can muster up the courage and strength and faith to open the Word of God um, and meditate on it. Let it start to form your mind. Let it start to comfort your heart. Um, this isn't just a historical text. This is a living and active Word of God for His people. It brings comfort. Um, maybe it's even... Uh, setting, it, you know, setting the, the verses, your wallpaper on your phone. So that when you go to unlock your phone, you see it right there. Mm-hmm. And, and it might take days, might take weeks for that to ring true. But we are certain through God's faithful uh, character and his eternal word and that, that he will walk with you. Um, he will bring comfort to the brokenhearted. God is near to the brokenhearted, yeah. his word says. Yeah, Yeah, and he's near and he's doing a work. He's doing a work. He's doing a work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this, but a lot of people don't know this, but when we interview people uh, to work at Ignite Church, the question, one of the questions we ask uh, in all interviews is, how have you suffered and how did you get through it? Yeah. Um, because we want to know if, if your faith has been tested, mm. right? Um, and so we've talked about that and, and uh, with everyone, we ask that question, how have you suffered and how did you get through it? Because there's something that suffering does that no other thing does for us yes. and to us, and it really right. uh, shapes us. And so, 
Um, Chase, I want to just say thank you so much uh, for, for, for being here this morning and talking about um, a, a difficult topic, but one that is really, really important mm. uh, for us to, 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 to be able to navigate. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, in the, in the time we have left, would you just uh, pray for our people uh, this morning? That'd be great. Love to, man. Awesome. Yeah, let's pray. Father, you are a great and good God. Uh, you are great. You are sovereign over our suffering. Your, your word says, history says that you govern the affairs of nations. But God, you're not only great, but you are also good. Uh, you walk with your suffering people. And in Christ, you suffer with and for us. We walk with the God who in Christ suffers. Lord, for those who are suffering today, in this moment, I pray that your Holy Spirit, uh, the great comforter, would divinely comfort the brokenhearted in this moment. God, for those that need a word from you, but the Bible just seems dry, Lord, would you open the eyes of the blind in this moment? God, would you like water in a desert uh, quench the thirsty heart of the brokenhearted this morning. God, I pray that we be a people that walk faithfully with you, that our uh, faith, when it is tested, would become resilient and strong in Christ. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Steve.